The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday the 18th, and you're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, suing us Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good. How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, say it was a very yeah, busy weekend. You guys had a great uh, Panhandle Sports live broadcast, so we'll talk about that too. Yeah, tons of uh, Little League action. State tournament, of course, going on down at Oatsdale Park. It was a big weekend for that. Uh, and we have Jefferson playing today in the championship day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily as of right now in the championship game, but championship day, which mm-hmm. is, hey, that's a, uh, a feat in its own right. So Favorite quote from Luke Wiggs. I don't want to overanalyze Little League Baseball, but... Yeah, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> but we're going to sit here and talk about it for 25 minutes. Right. That's but our, awesome, though. But we do have our first guest joining us on the phone. He is Jeremy Smith, Program Director for First Choice Services, the Affordable Care Act Navigator Program in the Mountain State. Welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on on a Monday. Yeah, you guys, you're getting us started off right with a lot of uh, very weighty issues. So what is the big concern right now? Because there's a lot of news about the federal government and, you know, budget reconciliation. So and and West Virginia, of course, um, you know, a, a large group of the population uh, takes part in the Amer- in the Affordable Care Act. So um, what are you looking at right now? Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the issue that people need to, to know about is uh, th- this is for folks that get their health insurance on the healthcare.gov marketplace. And um, during the American Rescue Plan, uh, one of the provisions in there was to make all of the plans more affordable by increasing the subsidies that people could qualify for. So uh, this, a- this saved, um, you know, the average consumer hundreds of dollars on their health insurance premiums and it also brought in people that could never qualify before to be able to get the subsidies so that they could, you know, get help paying for the health insurance plans on the marketplace. And it's been great. Uh, I've been doing this program since it launched in 2013. And, and those extra subsidies really shored up the program and everybody's been extremely happy with it. But uh, when, when they pass that, it's, it's set to expire at the end of 2022 unless Congress renews those enhanced subsidies. So, you know, that's the big thing is just letting people know that uh, they need to either plan for to to, kind of watch and see if those are renewed or plan that they could go away. So it's a pretty big issue for people trying to afford their health insurance. You know, I wondered when they were doing the rollout in the beginning and and, uh, they announced that West Virginia would be one of those states that would expand its, its, um, you know, eligible population and that federal subsidies were the reason and and i wondered if that was sustainable or if eventually that would get kicked to the to the states to help fund 
it, do you have any understanding as to whether or not the state would pick up any of those um, extra, you know, expenses and help, you know, you know, continue the program for folks who, who otherwise wouldn't have qualified for the American Rescue Plan, or I'm sorry, for the ACA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to my knowledge, this has always just been straight federal funded. Um, it, the, the subsidies has always been tied to people's tax returns and the IRS, and it's part of the tax code as far as it all works. So to my knowledge, it's all definitely federally funded. So uh, what we'd kind of seen over the years with these subsidies is when it started in 2013, a lot of people were really happy with the pricing. And, you know, naturally over the years, the prices ticked up and for a lot of folks, they was having a little bit of a hard time affording that the health insurance at that point. And so this this really needed done either way, even you know pandemic or not. And whenever they was able to to get this into the American Rescue Plan, uh, it was much needed because what it done is it uh, it it created affordable health insurance for everybody again. And so, uh, so we've been able to see even younger people come into the market that can afford it now. Do you have a handle on how many West Virginians actually subscribe to the um, ACA? So uh, it's uh, somewhere between twenty and 25,000 right now that get their health insurance on the marketplace. And, you know, in past years, we've even seen that a lot higher. We've even seen it up, you know, over 40,000. So it just kind of fluctuates depending on people's needs because you got to remember – that this program is for people when they can't get health insurance through a job or Medicare or Medicaid. So, you know, small business owners or uh, people that work for small businesses that doesn't offer health insurance to them. So, you know, it's really important for those folks because it's just kind of like their last option. I mean, if they can't get it through their job, they, they have to be able to get health insurance somewhere. So, Jeremy, you're you're telling our listeners who are part of this, who are, you know, part of the uh, ACA to either, you know, prepare that they might lose their coverage or their ability to to um, to get their insurance on the marketplace or or what should they be talking to their congressman or congresswoman? Well, that's definitely where the decision would come from is uh, Congress would be able to have the, the option to to extend these subsidies. And, um, you know, either way, people will still get it'll revert back to the old rules if they don't extend it. Uh, that's the, the old subsidies, at least, will still be in place. It's, uh, it's just that the, the average person will definitely see their premiums go up uh, because those enhanced subsidies will be gone. Um, but, yeah, people should definitely pay attention. And a lot, I've been getting a lot of calls from concerned people that, that I've helped enroll. Uh, we have a free nonprofit enrollment program in West Virginia that we help people get all signed up. And people have kind of been checking back in and, you know, a little bit concerned. And uh, all we can do is just kind of sit and wait and see what happens. But but I'm really hopeful that this will go through. It it just makes so much sense for people that have insurance on the ACA to, to continue this program. We're speaking with Jeremy Smith, Program Director for First Choice Services. Uh, now, before we let you go, Jeremy, can you let people know again how to get in touch with you or to find out more information, especially about that enroll- enrollment program? Yeah, absolutely. So the Navigator Program is an absolutely free grant-funded program for West Virginia residents to help you find and sign up for health insurance. So uh, we've even opened up a new office there in Martinsburg uh, about six months ago. So it's a great program, and if people want more information or they need assistance, uh, they can go to acanavigator.com, 
acanavigator.com or toll free they can call us 844-WV-CARES so that's 844-WV-CARES and like I said it's just an absolutely free grant funded program we're here to either answer questions or help you find and get all signed up for health insurance if you need if you need coverage we've been speaking with Jeremy Smith program director for first choice services Jeremy thank you for joining Panhandle Lads this morning thanks for having me take care absolutely very interesting stuff there, Marsha. I want to make sure everybody's getting the money that they need. Yeah, the or coverage saving a they money, need. You know, well, I know, I know when the ACA was rolled out, um, you know, a lot of criticism about mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, I know people personally who, you know, because of the expanded benefits, were able to do things with their health care that they hadn't been able to before. So, you know, it all comes down to people, you know, and, and what they what they need and what they, you know. So, uh, obviously, he said prepare or, you know, also talk to your representatives. Absolutely. Yeah, always get in touch with the representative. Send them an email, call them, uh, bug them. That's why they're there, right? I, I guess. Yeah, hit their, uh, I, I thought hit their it was phone like off the hook the unbridled time. power, no? <laughs> no? <laughs> they can just do whatever they want, right? That's why they're there. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> And by the way, I wanted to let you know, I came across the other day, this weekend, a uh, lanternfly nest, I think is what it what? was. What? And I went nuts Did you on that stomp thing them? i think i took a little residual uh you know maybe frustration and anger mm-hmm. from somewhere out on these poor little lantern fly babies but i did my part for the environment over the weekend did you not all heroes wear capes i know i know sometimes they uh, just stomp out a bunch of lantern flies I, I can't say that I stomped lantern flies over the weekend, but um, I, I bet you felt better after I did. that. I did. I did. And probably the people that saw me just stomping at the ground, screaming and yelling, uh, probably thought a little different. But You could have yelled, they're lantern flies. Like, what are you doing to help the environment? <laughs> Nothing. Well, one easy way to do that would be recycling. Oh, right? good segue. Thank you. And we'll be speaking uh, with Clint Hogbin here after the break on Panhandle Live. Uh, on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm, suing us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kvalik and from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority, Clint Hogbin. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, folks. How are you? We're good. All right. What What's up? Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about last week a little bit. Um, we had our we had we had Mr. COVID come and visit our staff last week. Oh. So that's it, someone you never want to. Couldn't you lock the door? <laughs> really? Come on. Uh, so it, it was the timing was awful. We also had another employee on vacation. So uh, I w- I'd like to just extend a special appreciation to our customers at the recycling center. There was quite often there were some times they would show up and there was no staff there to help them. Uh, but most people understood. Uh, we got through it. Um, everyone's back. <laughs> Everyone's back to good health and well, good. Uh, and, and our and our services are, are normal. It but, seems like now it's a little. I mean, it, you never want it, of course, to hit anybody in your staff or you or any for that matter. Uh, but I feel like now people we kind of know how to deal with it or go about it, so it doesn't necessarily you know halt everything immediately. We've been very fortunate. This was actually our first event, really? uh, our first wow. time that any of our staff has had it, and uh, and uh, a special nod of appreciation to a fellow named Raymond who's part time for us. 
who stepped up and more or less covered two sites at once. The only one unaffected stands in, stands in the gap. <laughs> we had some volunteers go down and run the centers too. And, wow. And keep it, keep it, uh, keep it running. So, uh, with That's that, because people believe in the program. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, we also have for, for the month of July, now we're giving away mulch. And I'd like to promote that a little bit. Uh, I know there was some frustration last week with some of our customers. They couldn't get their free mulch, but it is it is ongoing throughout the rest of the month. You can get four free scoops of mulch um, per trip. All you got to do is bring us a recyclable item. So bring us some oh. recycling and you can go home with four buckets of, of scoop. And, wow. Hey, and I know people, people will spend a ton of money at you know Lowe's, Home Depot, wherever on mulch. Uh, and getting it for free would definitely be nice, especially that much. And you're, and you're recycling too. I mean, it's all it's a win-win. All right. So if I've got a full-size truck, Excuse I can you. fit the three in in one trip. Uh, the scoops. It, it'll probably be two. Two scoops. So okay. you, you could get a you can get a full-size truck pulling a trailer. Okay. For free. Ah. Um, mm. At per trip, and we're doing we're offering it at both Grapevine Road and the South Berkeley Centers. Again, any day we're open for the rest of the month. You're doing us a big favor because we got a lot of mulch, yeah. and it's also a way that we can extend appreciation to our customers. I'll so. go pick it up, then pick Jordan up because apparently he has experience. <laughs> that's, what yeah. that's what I hear. Yep, so I was uh, telling my mulch story before the break. One of my favorite, really, summer job <laughs> stories uh, to have. But I've uh, spent a whole summer in my young college years mulching around every single tree, every single flower bed, every playground, anywhere you ever see mulch in a park. Uh, well, I did that at every single city park in Hagerstown. So what what year was that? 2000 and probably 13. If you were in a city park, a Hagerstown city park in 2013, wow. you probably stepped on mulch that I laid. Every, uh, every day was arm day. Oh, so, and so <laughs> hot and it smelled and uh, I smelled like mulch all day. Uh, it was brutal. Yeah, it's definitely work. Yeah, but go get you some free mulch, and uh, it's a lot better when it's free. And call Jordan. Yeah, no, don't call me. <laughs> don't, I won't be anywhere near the free mulch event. I, uh, I apologize. <laughs> apologize. Won't be anywhere near. It. But uh, that's not the only thing you guys have going on. Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. I see that uh, you're still out doing um, your uh, stream cleanups. Right, we are. We are. Uh, in fact, I brought some notes with me today. Uh, so far this year, we've done 15 stream cleanup trips. Been out in the creeks, both the Apekin and, and Back Creek and Sleepy Creek Lake. Um, 281 bags of trash have been pulled out this calendar year. Uh, 16 tires and a and 101 bulky items. Mm. So, okay, what was the most interesting bulky item? Uh, you know. Washing machine it's, it's, or something like that. It's been kind of boring this year, uh, so to speak. I mean, okay, uh, I, I, I shouldn't sound disappointed <laughs> about that, but like. Yeah, don't go throwing anything interesting in the creeks, please. Safes. You yeah, know, yeah, refrigerators. I mean, I mean, it's been kind of a, a normal year, normal routine year, if you will. Just your, your typical old tire. Usually, mm-hmm. it's not a new generation tire, and, uh, <clears throat> and and your typical trash that you, which is a lot of plastic mm-hmm. um, that you see in the waterways. Are but, these uh, numbers up from previous years? Or are they about the same? Like you you're know, saying, I think they're about the same. Frankly, uh, the numbers that are th- that I've got some numbers on the roadside program as well. They they are down. Um, 243 bags, 112 bulky items, and that is down compared to, to years in the past. Uh, keep in mind, those two programs together have collected over 10,260 bags of trash off of uh, our roads and out of our streams since the program began in 2018. Uh, that's a little over 1,130 miles that's where, that were cleaned. It's, it's 
clearly the biggest uh, stream and, and roadside cleanup program in the state. Yeah. Something we're very proud of. And, you know, big kudos uh, to the county council and to the county marshals and, and all those others, the day report center and the court system and, and the prosecuting attorney's office. There's a lot of gears in motion to make these programs out there. Uh, the, the, the Berkeley County Stormwater Service District helps fund some of uh, the stream cleanup programs. And so, like I said, there's a lot of players and they, everybody just keeps moving it along. And, uh, and it's something I'm very, very, very proud of. Now, when you're doing those stream cleanups, do you uh, test any like uh, water um, the like quality? Wa- yeah, water quality or no, anything? You're just no. picking up trash. No, or do you just... notice any, uh, notice anything with the water? Like, do you think, would you be down to just go take a dip and just cool off in the water in the Opecum? Well, I mean, if you got to get a tire out of the water, you're going to get in the water. Right, right. right. So, yeah, we, we, we always get wet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no, I mean, the only thing that we notice is something I pay a lot of attention to before the event is how clear is the water. If, if, if it's not clear, if you can't see the bottom, you can't see a tire. Mm-hmm. You can't see the trash. So there's no reason to go out. So we're looking at clarity, if yeah. you will, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from that perspective. Just to, in this past weekend... Back Creek was running very clean. The Apecan Creek was still silted over hmm. from, from recent rains. So we, we ended up doing public access areas and walking along the, the, the water lines, the, the, the borders of mm-hmm. the creek, rather than, rather than actually getting in them. If someone is listening and they think, that'd be something cool I could do, how do they get in touch with you guys yeah, about just, that? Just contact our office. Contact Lynn at our office uh, at 304 304- Two six seven nine three seven zero, and and she'll and she'll uh, you know everybody's got a little bit of capability, different capabilities mm-hmm. and interest in what they'd like to do. We'll see if we can work something out. Sure. Any movement on in Sorga? Yeah, great question. Thank you for asking that. There isn't. Uh, there isn't. There <laughs> Did isn't. you see how he just he set me <laughs> I up? And then for, just I was like, ready for something big. That I'm, I'm completely lie. deflated now. <laughs> there's been go ahead, Clint. There's been no <laughs> communication from Insorga since since the letter. So it's it's still the, the you know the employees mm-hmm. have been laid off. The building sets there empty, um, and uh, you know we've been very busy. I think I mentioned this last time I was on Marsha. Every three months we lose thirty thousand dollars revenue. And the county council has been fantastic. They stepped up and and covered the first two quarters for us. But because in Sorga, as part of its being here, was giving well, back. they were leasing the land from mm-hmm. the solid waste authority. So yeah, that was part of their lease, and they have, they've stopped paying the lease payments. And so uh, this is a new fiscal year starting July. Our board has got some real tough decisions to make. Uh, probably will be making them in the next couple of weeks. What does that mean? Well, it may mean cutbacks. It, it may mean changes in our program the, the, because if you've got less revenue, you've got to do something. We've been very busy in the interim here. Uh, we're running a little bit late on getting our budget done. It should have been done by July 1st, but we spent a lot of time writing grants. And a lot of it will depend on where those grants land or where we think those grants will land as to what changes we may or may not have to make. Do any of the grants have to do with alternate fuels? Because, you know, it would seem as though right now would be a key time to plug an alternate fuel manufacturing facility. They they don't. They're recycling assistance grants Mm -hmm. and and that general. You know, I will say that um, there was a, there's a national waste industry magazine called Waste Dive, and they did an extensive article on in Sorga and uh, and and in that article there was 
multiple companies that said, you know, we're, we stand ready to, to stand this facility back up. Uh, and sort of the mother company of, mm-hmm. of Italy was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gold Metal, the folks that own Apple Valley, is another. That they, um, it's just a matter of uh, figuring out how to get from here to there. Right. We own the land, but we don't own the building. And so, um, well, it's got to be a little bit of relief knowing that, um, that there, it's not just, there isn't a, um, there's an end to this. People are ready to step in and use this building and start making things there again and employing people again. It absolutely can be a valuable asset to the area from solid waste management perspective. It could be stood up the way Mm -hmm. it stands or it could be modified, improved upon or changed. There's a lot of, lot of opportunities in that building. I remain optimistic about it. What I don't know is how long is it going to take us to get from where we are today to that point for sure again we're speaking with clint hogman from the berkeley county solid waste authority unfortunately we have to get to our bottom of the hour break here in just a minute but i did want to ask you you spend a lot of time out uh in the creeks and out in the uh wilderness if you will of berkeley county what's your uh favorite I'll, I'll this might be a tough question but do you have a favorite spot on the opekin maybe from a public access point and back creek Back Creek is, is clearly my personal favorite because it's uh, I grew up near it. Mm-hmm. And uh, from Allensville Road to the mouth, which mouth of the, rip, the mouth of the creek, which is not a stretch that's open to the public, but um, I, we happen to own land there. Mm-hmm. And as you as you canoe or kayak through that stretch, it's like going through canyons. Really? And it's something you would see maybe downstate. Oh, cool. If you want to see something a bit similar to that, Route 9 public access area on route nine to allensville road it's a long stretch it's going to take you four hours to do that but there are some very large mountain ridges through there and makes you feel like you're in you're in grant county or pendleton county or someplace like that uh that's those are my two favorite stretches for sure wow very cool i'll have to go check those out but okay we've been speaking with clint hogman from the berkeley county solid waste authority thank you for joining us this morning thank you for appreciate the invite absolutely and stick around for more here on panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, we have a very special guest joining us in the studio. You know, one, one of our. Oh, I one have of our, wrong mic on, Marsha. You got me? Yeah. Am I here? <laughs> yeah. Um, one of our taglines is you know, we've been part of the Panhandle story for 75 years, and we love bringing the stories to you, and some of them are these great people that we get to meet and and we've been i've talked to her i was teasing her i think we've talked to her three times this year this is her third (laughs) appearance but um just to set this up to tee it up the girl scouts uh women of distinction is coming up october 12th uh their luncheon at 11 30 at the holiday inn here in martinsburg honorees include carol assam lynn goodwin bonnie stubblefield whom we had on last week Mm -hmm. and our next guest helen harris welcome in Thank you for having me here this morning. Can we just say well deserved? Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I've I've known you for a while. You know, I, I get I got to see you several times singing in church. You've got a phenomenal voice. This is not a voice award, but um, you Could know that's be. just one of the ways you serve as well. But um, one of the other ways that I remember having you in our studios over the years was that great Thanksgiving meal that you and Leonard hosted and what an amazing you know 
work of love, but a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And, uh, you know, sometimes Leonard has these big ideas. <laughs> and, you know, and with that one, he's had for years. And he just said, you know, Helen, you need to go talk to Father DeBacco about this. His idea, but I need to co talk to Father <laughs> DeBacco go about it. this, you know. <laughs> and I, I did that. And that was like in 2000 or 2001. And he was on board. He said, go with it. And we went with it. <laughs> and it just increased every year. And it, it was um, love. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was the love that we gave, but more importantly, the love we got back. So um, if folks aren't familiar with the story, you tell it really well. I don't want to get it wrong, but but Leonard kind of got the idea. You guys were having Thanksgiving at home. And didn't he leave the door open? Yes, it got to the point, really, every year we have Thanksgiving dinner at home. And, and I am from a family of, my mom had 12 children. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how to cook a little bit. <laughs> so I always cook all this food. And so he would just go open up the door and just said, you know, if somebody comes by, you know, they're having car trouble or whatever. They're hungry. We got all this food. They can come in and eat and so forth. And so, you know, and he said, they are welcome to come in. So the name of the dinner was All Are Welcome. <laughs> and it was amazing um, that the years and years that you guys did it, how many people stepped forward and it became their, their Thanksgiving tradition to help serve. Exactly. Um, you knew who, uh, it's, it's, let me say this, it's strange because Larry and I was just talking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. Somebody was uh, brought up the name of this one gentleman, his name is Mark Capone. And we knew every year Mark was going to be in the back washing dishes. And that was his spot. Don't mm -hmm. put nobody else in it. <laughs> and so you're right. We had the same people will come back every year to volunteer. And then you always add on new volunteers. So it was, it was a labor of love. Thousands of people served and, and you guys got it down to such a science by, you know, by the time I met you guys, you were doing, you know, uh, takeout meals with boxes of people couldn't, you know, if they had a loved one at home that couldn't make it out. And folks looked forward to to having that meal. Yeah, we, we had an assembly line going in the kitchen, on the uh, carryout line, and we had a buffet area set up just to fill the carryouts. And uh, yeah, we, we were we were moving, and it, it really, it, it looked so organized. Mm -hmm. you, you you heard the key word, yeah. look. Mm -hmm. look. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. And, and in addition to this, and I started with that because that's kind of one of the first ways that I really got to talk to you, but you've been a businesswoman in, in the community and part of the different uh, commissions, et cetera, including the, the development authority. Um, but your history is so interesting too. You know, we've talked about that as well. It wasn't always easy no. growing up. No. Uh, in Martinsburg, and and we've talked about that a good bit. So, what? Tell tell the listeners a little of your story. Well, you know, is we're hitting on stuff that been a conversation this past mm -hmm. weekend. You know, because when you grow up and and you're in a large family and and you're in a poor family, there are so many things that you don't have that you do without. And even to the extent of when I grew up, you know, we still had uh, an outhouse. And so uh, it, it 
you know, you got used to it, but it was strange because our sewer and septic system kind of messed up this past weekend. So it's <laughs> oh, like, well. oh, <laughs> you know, but uh, they're digging up our front yard right now as I speak. But well, I'm glad you're in here and you don't have to <laughs> yeah, watch not dealing that. With that. My goodness. <laughs> but anyway, you know, just growing up and we went, you know, I went to Raymer School. It was Sumner, then it became Raymer. And uh, just dealing with um, being in an all-black school, then you integrated into a white school and just dealing with the name calling and the racism and so forth. But you you didn't let that hold you back. And um, you didn't let it make you bitter, even at times when you felt like you were going to be bitter. You talk about your background. I mean, it was there were hard times. There were definitely hard times, but there were also good times. And that kind of leads you to where you're at now. How does it feel looking back at it through all the years and all the different you know, groups you've been a part of, people you've helped, people that have helped you? How does it feel to be you know, named a woman of distinction? Um, I cried when, oh. when I heard uh, because, see, I'm ready to tear up now, because I, I learned that um, you do the work or you involve in the community because you hope that your appearance or just being out there will help lift someone else up. And especially when you look at uh, young girls, especially of color, you know, to even help them to think, okay, I can do something. This is just, I'm not here just for me. It's not just about me. It is about me being out there to also help others. So um, I, I, I just do what I do because I, I think it's why God places us here. We are not just to step back and do nothing. We are to do whatever we can to help each other and lift each other up. So it, it felt really good. And, um, you know, you don't do it for the awards or the accolades. You just do what you do. So You wow. could be sitting at home playing with your grandbabies. <laughs> you know, obviously you could, you could be enjoying the, you know, fruits of a, a lifetime of hard work as a businesswoman, and et cetera. But even, you know, a month or two ago, you were sitting here talking about promoting the Berkeley 250th and you and Leonard were going to be conducting tours and you were mm -hmm. giving a talk about, you know, still educating and still uh, volunteering in the community. It just hasn't stopped. Well, you know, life is about education. You know, that's how you get ahead. That's how you help others is about educating them because so many people aren't aware. I mean, found out how many people weren't aware about Juneteenth. You know, I think about when I actually learned about Juneteenth. But, um, and people who aren't aware of Sumner Raymer School and the history uh, of African Americans in Berkeley County alone. So you continue to educate because it helps you and it helps others to learn about the history that is in their own particular area, but right there in their back door. So, yeah, I, I just I just enjoy doing what, what we do. It's we're, amazing, yeah. Go ahead. Today again, we're speaking with Helen Harris, who's named uh, a woman of distinction for 2022. And the event's going to be on Wednesday, October 12th, uh, nice and early, 1130 in the morning when it's going on. Um, I, like we've been talking about you're doing so many things all the time. What do you have going on right now? Right now, um, I'm, I'm still on the Berkeley County Development Authority. I just finished up my third year as president. Wow. So it was nice to be at a meeting last Wednesday and just sat there and didn't have to be on <laughs> pins and needles, you know, yeah. so that just really felt uh, relaxing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm 
gosh, I'm on other, still on other committees. That um, put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I serve on the uh, advisory council of the uh, Catholic uh, Catholic charities in the area, and uh, gosh, Summer, in, in Sumner Raymer Heritage, of course, the yeah. NAACP. Art Center, past past member of the Art Center in Martinsburg. Hey, do we have uh, enough time? High, <laughs> Martinsburg High School Band Boosters, the uh, Berkeley County Schools Diversity Committee. And I'm sure folks look to you for advice when they're thinking about starting some of these programs or, um, you know, augmenting the way that kids can learn about their history uh, in Martinsburg. What, one of the things that struck me, we were talking about about this during uh, Black History Month one, one year, and uh, one of the folks we were talking to said, you know, some of the kids coming up today don't really appreciate what it was like when, you know, just 50 years ago they for kids don't. growing up. It's really sad because they don't appreciate it because a lot of them aren't aware of it. And their parents are not teaching them because, unfortunately, some of the parents are young and they aren't aware. And the one thing Leonard and I did was made sure that our uh, children was aware of the history and what they may have to deal with. And people would think, well, why you got to teach them that? Well, because you never know when the ugly head of racism is going to raise up. And it is the same way with our grandchildren. Who would have thought in 2022, we still have to deal with that. And our grandchildren are going to have to be taught. But it's amazing to see how you've you've worked your way in the community. You're you're at a church that is, you know, majority white, but yes. you've taken on many leadership roles. You're well respected. Did you ever think when you were eight years old that that would be the situation that you'd be able to make so many in, inroads and and be a person that is so well respected and well renowned in the community? Hell, <laughs> ne- never thought about it. You know, and I I have to. Uh, credit letter because I look back at my my brothers and sisters who I love but they're not involved in the community and um, I I often say to Leonard okay where what, what would I be doing if I wasn't with you because of him being an activist for many 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 years and um, just being with him also has helped me to realize I need to be out there doing things and to make a difference if I can. You know, so that's that's what I've tried to do. We, we did that with our business, Harris Community Care, which was home health, which we always looked at it as ministry, mm-hmm. you know, so enjoy helping people. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, I would have never thought about that. I mean, I would have never thought you know, that I would be in here today as a woman of distinction, you know, but, um, yeah, I, but here I just, you are. Yeah, here very, I am. very well deserved. Very well deserved. Very much. That's yeah. sure. When they, they announced it in church that following week after it came out in the paper. And when I heard father Matt start saying, we have somebody special oh. here today. <laughs> and I stood back. I said, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and what he did, I kind of hid, you know, <laughs> but because even though, it's there. It's still, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but you still don't want to make it look like you mm-hmm. stick out or. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of the women of distinction that we've met are, are like that. Couldn't you have picked someone else? Well, like, like, it's, yeah. They're a little like, you know, they don't want all of the attention. You right. Know? 
Yeah. Right, like you said, you, you don't do all this for the recognition, for right. the awards. And when you get it, you kind of don't necessarily <laughs> want it. It's nice. Yeah. But you don't it's, necessarily it's strange. want it. You know? yeah. and, and, and I have to say this, with the, uh, the Berkeley County Development Authority, I, I love that board because of what it does for Berkeley County. But uh, I have to give some credit to Bill Stubblefield. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not he remembers or not, <laughs> but he is the one that approached me about becoming a member of that board. And I feel like the application that was interviewed by the county commissioners at the time, you know, but, um, but yeah, so I have to give credit to Bill Stubblefield. You know, that is the reason why I sat on that board today. Whose wife, Bonnie, is one of the the women of distinction. And um, you're going to have a ball. Uh, The, the um, luncheon is going to be October 12th, 1130, the holiday Inn. you can get tickets and sponsorships right now. It's the Girl Scouts Nation's Capital Women of Distinction Luncheon. And we're happy to be bringing you the stories of some of the honorees. Helen Harris, thank you so much for being here and everything that you do in the community. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well deserved. Again, speaking with Helen Harris and stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had 2022 uh, Women of Dis- Woman of Distinction um, Helen Harris in very very cool to talk to her especially in this mm-hmm. capacity like you were saying I think uh, <laughs> while we were talking to her we've talked to her I think the last every day the last three weeks about something <laughs> different yeah as in a different capacity it's really really funny and you know you you go through someone's bio and this obviously isn't you know the the breadth and depth of her her life but all of these great events that she's been part of the committees she served on the way she's you know developed youth and and uh awareness of what Martinsburg, Berkeley County and race relations used to be like. But one of the things that intimidates and scares me about her and and I admire is that that whole all are welcome dinner. The fact that she makes all that food doesn't mind if extra people, I'm so stressed about my ability to cook that you're just doing one, probably smaller size Turkey, right? It's just, I, I can't imagine going, Oh yeah. Let me feed 20 people. Yeah. I just can't even. But, you know, she said that's how she grew up. 12 kids right. in a family and that's what you do. And, and we've said this before. We get to talk to saints. We oh, get to yeah. talk to legends. And I think, you know, uh, what a great opportunity for us. Absolutely. Very well deserved. Mm-hmm. Helen Harris being named uh, one of the women of distinction this year. And again, the, uh, the luncheon is going to be happening Wednesday, October 12th at 1130 in the morning at the Holiday Inn in Martinsburg. So uh, you can go check it out. Helen, she said, yeah, you know, I've been to a bunch of these, but it's mm-hmm. going to be weird being on the other side of the uh, other side of the event. But very well deserved indeed. Yes. And if, if Helen has touched your life in any way or you, you just want to be there and, and boost her up or any of the other nominees, uh, that luncheon is happening October 12th. Put it on your calendar. And uh, yeah, so really neat having her in in this capacity as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, should bring it up and you have it over on our websites, uh, on our Facebook and a couple of different sister stations, social media pages as well. Uh, we had a local athlete 
go big time, going uh, professional mm-hmm. baseball. Chase DeLauder got drafted by the Cleveland Guardians, 16th overall pick wow. in the uh, 2022 first-year player draft in Major League Baseball. That's uh, a pretty big deal, Marsha. So I was listening to your interview on Panhandle Sports Live and the kind of uh, trajectory of his his career that, you know, he, he played in Hedgesville, obviously, mm-hmm. and then he was at JMU, mm-hmm. uh, got hurt, right? Right, hurt his foot. So, um, you know, it's it's fascinating to me that he's be, being recruited and that he's 16th. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people had him at number one. Um, and, of course, we talked about this on Panhandle Sports Live uh, the hour before. Um, but he was overall picked. People were saying he was going to be number one overall pick. And then that injury happened. He kind of fell around. Nobody really knew where he was going to go. Still going to be a high pick, but didn't know quite where. But 16, I mean, that's a pretty high draft pick. And yeah, uh, it is. pretty cool for a local guy to be doing that. Chase DeLauder, again, Hedgesville graduate, JMU uh, alum, goes 16th overall to the Cleveland Guardians. You know, we get a lot of attention here in the panhandle for our, you know, football dynasty, dynasty you know, Martinsburg. But um, man, baseball. Um, you know, with Jefferson High School and, um, you know, this little league mm-hmm. competition that's come to Martinsburg. It's really cool. So I feel like it's been football. I feel like football just happened a lot in a relatively shorter amount, of, smaller amount of time. I feel like mm-hmm. it was like all of a sudden Martinsburg was winning every other state championship. The guys were getting, you know, taking D1. Other Musselman's having good seasons. You know, mm-hmm. Spring Mills comes up. They start. I feel like it's all kind of happens in one big clump. Uh, but with baseball, it's been just kind of the constant underlying theme of the panhandle mm-hmm. for goodness forever very Who knows cool. long. and and how nice is it that we've got the state tournament here that is uh that is pretty neat and uh another news and i wanted to bring this up last week on friday but they changed the suicide hotline number so it's 988 for the uh, suicide hotline number now i think the 1-800 number still is it still works but it's so much easier to do the shorthand of 988 yeah. yeah, if- you can call or text 988 uh, so that's a. Uh, I thought that was a pretty big headline last week mm-hmm. that we didn't have a chance to get to. Again, the National Suicide Hotline number has changed to a shorter one, nine eight eight. In call or text, call or text that. And I shared the post from Senator Joe Manchin's office because I like the graphic that they had up there. Well, and this but one's for an, veterans too. It's nationwide. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, nine eight eight. Yeah, and he says on that post, which you can find on the uh, WPM WCST Facebook page, it says veterans experiencing a mental health crisis dial one. After dialing 988 or text VET, V-E-T, to 988. Yeah, just about does it for us. Uh, we got a little bit of time left here, Marcia. Did you have a good weekend? Not a busy weekend. How What'd about you? you? What'd you do? Um, so our, our my daughter's best friend um, is back from South Korea. And uh, so her family had a little get-together. And nice. the only thing she wanted was my um, strawberries dipped in chocolate from me. That was her special order. Doesn't sound bad. So you know what I've been craving what? randomly? Uh, and you said strawberry thing, strawberry shortcake. Mm. I love if a good Sandy strawberry Hamilton shortcake. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, We're she's got a little bit of free time now. <laughs> yeah, she might have a little bit extra free time now. Wait, wait till after September. She can start her uh, start her baking. Um, mm. Start her baking. I wonder if job. God is calling her to be a baker. Well, I tell you, she makes heavenly cakes. That's oh, for sure. So nice. that funfetti cake, it's I wish nice I still rant. had it. That was the best. <laughs> that might be the best thing I've ever seen a, a guest. And all my experience in radio come in with two huge cakes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, was, what do you have these for? And she goes, you? I'm like, what? It was baked with love. <laughs> exactly. 
But with that, just about the other four here on Panhandle Live today. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But for March Kavalik, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs.